0: Limitless was created in order to inform, educate, entertain, and share stories from within the blind and partially sighted community, in order to show the world that the opportunities for those who are blind or partially sighted are truly limitless. And now, it is my pleasure to introduce you to your host, the Executive Director and Founder of Blind Beginnings, Sean Marsolais. Welcome back to Limitless, the Blind Beginnings Podcast.
1: I'm your host, Sean Marsolais. Thank you for joining us again this week. We have a really exciting episode today. We're talking about travel when you're blind or partially sighted. And we have a really exciting guest, which I'm not going to reveal yet. But first, I want to introduce my co-host today. It is her first time co-hosting on Limitless. Welcome, Acacia. Hi. thank you. Yeah. Thanks for being here. Do you want to just introduce, um, explain your level of vision to our listeners?
2: Yeah, for sure. So I have low vision, so I have trouble seeing distance and also detail, especially when like there's glare or bad contrast or something like that.
1: Awesome. And you were really interested in the topic of travel. Uh, why is that?
2: Yeah. Um, I really love traveling. I've been lucky enough to be able to go on a couple of international trips. And it's just so cool getting to explore new places and meet new people. And it's something I really want to be able to do independently in the future.
1: Okay. Well, we're talking to somebody who knows quite a lot about travel. Welcome, Mona Mancara. Mona, <laughs> Mona is the creator of Planes, Trains, and Canes, which is a documentary series that you can find on YouTube. Welcome, Mona.
3: Well, thank you. Thank you for having me um, today. So yes,
1: (laughs) I'm so excited to meet you and and hear learn more about what you've created. I have watched a few of the videos and they're awesome. Um, But before we get into that, can you just introduce yourself a little bit tell us about where, where you're from your background and maybe your connection to travel how this all came to be okay, this,
3: this is like a long story but i'll i'll make it I'll, I'll try to make it tight so i am actually a professor of bioengineering at northeastern university and i am personally almost um completely blind i do have some light perception i yeah i, I would say i probably have like 0.5 percent eyesight or something in my left eye I was diagnosed with macular degeneration and colon dystrophy um, when I was seven years old Mm -hmm. and I've always wanted to be a scientist so I'm actually first and foremost a scientist but I'm a scientist because I care I'm curious about how the world works and I'm an adventurer at heart and I feel like that naturally led me to travel and so when I was applying to become a professor which is like a really big deal and takes a lot of work, you know, this is after I, you know, finished my doctorate and did a postdoc. So I'm technically Dr.
1: Mona Minkara. Um right. Sorry about I, that. I knew that no, too.
3: <laughs> no, no, no worries at all. Anyway. So after doing all of that, I wanted to become a professor and run my own research lab. I was so stressed out in the midst of applying to be a professor that I was like, I'm going to do something fun and apply to the Holman prize. Mm -hmm. And so if everybody, if anybody out there is listening, so the Holman prize is like anybody who's blind over the age of 18 and has some kind of ambitious idea, you're eligible to apply to the Holman prize. It's a prize put out by the Lighthouse for the Blind in San Francisco. It's for $25,000 and it's kind of amazing because if you get it, if you have this amazing idea, then you can do it, right? For the Mm $25,000. So i sat there and i was like what is it that i would want to do and i was like oh it's travel but how can i get them to pay for my travel that's not good enough right like that's not like, every, you know, that's not ambitious enough right and i was like oh i know let me document how a blind person travels independently using only public transportation so i i, I proposed going to five different cities around the world And only traveling using public transportation because it was really important to me that as a blind person, I kind of immersed myself into society as opposed to like, you know, being comfortable behind, you know, the glass window of a cab. And Mm -hmm. I applied and I got it and I couldn't believe it. And that's how planes,
1: trains, and canes became a thing. That's so cool. Uh, It's pretty competitive to... To win the Holman prize, I, I actually applied as part of a group of blind hikers. We were going to try to climb Kilimanjaro in 2020, of course, then the world kind of, you know, had other ideas, but (laughs) we were not successful, but so I, like, I appreciate the process for applying and just like how many people you would have been up against. So like, congratulations, that's quite an accomplishment.
3: I well, thank you. And I hope you get to do it. And if so, maybe I can come along and we can make an episode of Planes, Trains, and Gains. That's That's very <laughs> cool. Like, I don't know that
1: there's any public transit up that mountain, although that would be much easier. But uh,
3: <laughs> yes. yeah, they'd be like, we need a plane and a train to get there. That's true. That's okay. If that counts.
1: Yeah, that's great. <laughs> um,
3: no Ubering to the top, you know? <laughs>
1: <Like>. <laughs> so have you always like, you know, in the range of, of blindness and visual impairment, I feel like some people are strong travelers and some people have always been more kind of timid or cautious. Have you always been a confident traveler? I don't know. I mean, I mean, that's
3: a good question, but I actually don't really know the answer to it. I, I, I have to tell you this when I did planes, trains and canes, when I filmed for season one, I did go through a huge, like amazing kind of internal growth from it. Um, I feel like because I was do, I was going out to do something specific and really push my boundaries, I pushed my boundaries for the sake of playing strains and canes in ways that I had never before. Like, could I have done it earlier? Sure, but I think I did it. I pushed myself more because of it. Mm-hmm. I'll give you I'll give you an example. I was going to Johannesburg, right? and then I was I was connecting in Atlanta. And normally I would just get the assistance. You know, I had a two two hour layover. Like it wasn't that long of a layover. Atlanta airport is huge. But because I knew I was trying to do this as independently as I could for playing shoes and canes, I traversed the Atlanta airport on my own. I went the wrong way at one point, but that's fine. Like I got to the gate and I Mm -hmm. made it. And it was like very like edifying, you know? Yeah. They, same with Johannesburg it was my first time in Johannesburg getting out of the airport like taking the train getting to the hotel like these are all things that I pushed a little bit harder for the sake of this project if that makes any sense and it I think totally that unlo- yeah it unlocked a mental freedom that I didn't even knew existed and it was kind of an amazing experience and every city had a theme for me by the way every city
1: oh, okay. I want to know about that. But um, yeah, I can see that like the more you do it, the more empowered you would feel, right? Like every time you have a success, every time you tackle a new obstacle and, and it works out and you realize what your capabilities are, it must just snowball into like, okay, I can go anywhere. I can do anything.
3: Exactly. And I think a lot of us, and I'm not just saying blind people, um, people in general, we tend to look at the world and we see it as, as this huge daunting place right Mm -hmm. but then you recognize if you just break it down and think about it step by step the world doesn't seem so daunting anymore it's it's exciting it's still an adventure but you just know that in order for you to get to where you need to go it's a series of just steps it's a series of decisions it's it's step by step and if you just focus on the next step it doesn't seem so so daunting. I, I, I don't know. It's it's a very like, very unique feeling of unlocking, yourself. Like a lot of times we are the ones who box ourselves in because we
1: just don't know, what's gonna mm-hmm. happen. Yeah, a series of hallways, staircases, and sidewalks, <laughs>
3: <Yeah>. <laughs> escalators, and people, and wrong yeah. directions. I mean, like, like you know, and public washrooms. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like it's it's just not it's okay to not know how you're going to get to the end and just focus on the next step.
2: Oh yeah. Um, I was just learning how you learn to navigate airports so well. Like that always seemed like such a daunting thing to me. And I saw in your videos, I'm like, you can do this so well. Like, that's so cool. Um, So I I don't know. I feel like maybe partly because
3: I've been traveling since I was a child. We used to go to Lebanon in the summers because that's where my um parents families from but i think also partly is i recognize that airports are all kind of designed with a similar logic if that makes sense you know usually it's like one long corridor a bunch of gates and usually the gates are like on both sides or one side like it's it's just like kind of figuring out the pattern Mm -hmm. and honestly i think the thing that helps the most is just hearing the crowds and where they're going right so generally if you just follow the crowds of people and rolling suitcases you will run into somebody that you can ask the question of
1: okay so what cities did you travel to and maybe explain the camera person and their role what they were allowed yes. to do after.
3: that's a really good question okay so the camera person her name is natalie guzzi she's a friend it was really, really important the role of this camera person, because they could not get involved. Right. Mm -hmm. They followed me. They trusted in my lead. This is really, really an important, um, factor. I I don't think anybody can like, it's a specific type of person that can do that. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, Natalie never questioned my lead. She didn't even look up in advance where we needed to go. She just, Followed me, right? Mm-hmm. And she stayed at a distance, so I d- I didn't even know where she was. It was truly trying to emulate the experience of me traveling on my own, mm-hmm. and that's really important. Um, and it's not unfortunately, it's not anybody who can really relax and just trust in the lead of a blind person. But Natalie is that person. Like she just, she didn't question it. Like she never double checked what we were doing. She saw me go the wrong way and she, she just followed and then followed me again. Like she, <laughs> she just was there as my camera woman, you know.
1: Hmm. That's cool.
3: It's really cool, and it's very empowering too. It's very and she, if she was here right now, she would tell you. Oh, I knew Mona. She would tell you, oh, I know Mona would find herself. Like why, why, why would I question it? I never, I never double, you know, I never double checked it. Like,
1: like yeah, it's
3: okay. I think that's really important
1: people must have wondered what the heck you were doing and why this person was filming you. Did you get a lot of questions or did she get a lot of questions?
3: Um, she tried really hard to look like just a really enthusiastic tourist and that <laughs> worked in most of the places. It didn't work as well in London. <laughs> um, and so, but a lot of times she'd be actually kind of far back and just looking around as if, she, you know, and like it's not <laughs> really clear that she's,
1: you know, videotaping
3: me. Um, yeah, yeah, we pulled it off. We pulled it off.
1: That's cool. Okay, so what cities did you travel to?
3: So I went to Johannesburg, London, Istanbul, Singapore, and Tokyo.
1: Wow. And in what time frame? Like all in the same trip?
3: Uh, okay, so Johannesburg was kind of our test run experience, and that happened in October of 2019 and then in 2 weeks we did the rest of the four countries. What? It was intense. It was intense. And we 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 went we did 2 weeks of travel, came back 2020 hit 2 months later pandemic. Look, it was wow. it was like I mean, the timing couldn't have been better, right?
1: Yeah. You got your, your two years of travel in, in two weeks. So you were ready for the lockdown. (laughs) (laughs) Yes.
3: (laughs) I mean, unfortunately we were like producing travel videos during the lockdown, but you know what? Like at least we got the travel in before we couldn't. So, and now that allowed that steamrolled things and we kept at it like little by little, and now we got funding. For season two of Plain Strains and Cane, thanks thanks to MAPV, which is the Massachusetts Association for the Blind and Visually Impaired, which is awesome. So oh, cool. Season two will be coming to you soon.
1: Oh, can you tell us where you're traveling, or is that top secret?
3: I mean, uh huh. That's a really good point. I feel like I, sh- I should keep it top secret.
1: Okay, that's fine. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> that's exciting. It's exciting,
3: though. It's exciting, and we have some. We have a special edition um, episode that will be coming out. And that is one related to my zero gravity experience.
1: Ooh. Okay. Wow. So, um, I'm curious about the different cities, like were some harder than others? I would imagine. So you said that each city had a theme. Can you talk about that? hundred percent.
3: So, um, Johannesburg was the first city and I I gave it the power of determination because I really was very determined to be as independent as I could, you know, and I really really want to put it out there. It's a choice. You know, some days you want to do something on your own and some days you just want the people's help at the airport and both paths are valid and good. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But for the sake of Johannesburg, it was like a form of determination. I really wanted to push my limits and i made it and i got to the hotel and it was like this really um i felt so accomplished i felt very empowered from this simple task and it all came through because i was determined and so that theme kind of came up over and over in johannesburg um in london it was a it was a challenge emotionally because my power to choose my path was was kind of like challenged so if you Mm -hmm. watch the london episode Um, I kind of get into an argument with the London Underground guy (gasps) because I wanted to ride the train on my own.
1: Oh, I have to tell you, because I had had an experience in the UK like that as well. I was trying to catch a train. And I was going to be late. Like I knew that I didn't have a lot of time and the person was assisting me and they wouldn't let me go on the escalator and the elevator was not working. It was out of service. So he left me at the elevator to go get help Mm -hmm. to fix the elevator. But I knew that my train was coming and the escalator was right there. So I ran down the escalator, but somebody saw me some other train person and came up and was and said a blind person should never be running on an escalator and (laughs) and just like that person probably got in a lot of trouble for leaving me unattended I missed my train anyway but the whole experience was very frustrating because I knew I mean
3: I mean like it's very custodial over there and Mm -hmm. by the way so what what I wanted to do is just where's the train that's all I wanted to know is where's the train yes and they were like you can't ride the train by yourself and i'm like <sighs> why not And they're like you don't have a choice i'm like what do you mean i don't have a choice and and like like you should watch it so i get it out with these people right like we're, we're literally arguing back and forth and i'm like this is crazy and i was like, if i live here i'd have to tell somebody every day
0: oh
3: and they were like yeah and i was like what like like it just blew my mind and then the guy actually because i pushed so hard goes back to double check the rules and turns out that's not the rules.
1: Oh wow. You need
3: to watch you need to watch this. Episode.
1: I will. I will. It, it, I will. it is
3: like very oh my God. I was like, I'm I can't believe I
1: captured it on camera. And he knew before. he knew he was being filmed while he was arguing yes with you? he had, he gave us permission. So wow. I have to
3: give him credit for allowing for that whole thing to unfold. <laughs> but I mean I yeah I really do have to give him credit. Like thank you A for that but like what was kind of intense is at one point I was standing there and it was like all the like three guys standing around me and they're all like, you can't do this. And I was like, why not? like, They're like, cause you're a VIP. And I was like, what do you mean I'm VIP? They're like, you're a visually impaired person. And I'm like, oh, (laughs) like, (laughs) no, I wanna just ride the train. And I mean, everybody talks about the train in the London Underground, like it's some beast. Mm. I'm like, it really isn't that scary. Like chill out, I can advocate for myself if I need the help, I'll ask. I'm asking specifically, where's the train? That's it. That's all I wanted to know. Yeah. Yeah. It was
1: an, it was insane. Wow. Okay. So that was London. So it was just angry. Was that the theme or
3: <laughs> no, no, power, power of choice, power of choice? I thought. Okay. It's the importance that we have a choice, right? And that sometimes the choices that we do want the help and sometimes we don't want the help mm-hmm. and both choices are valid. Yes. And yes. then, um, Istanbul, I call it the power of human connection because I was worried because I don't speak the language I don't speak Turkish like how hard would it be for me to navigate well ironically, it ended up being easier for me than London because it was emotionally less stressful like London there's a lot of times people will be like where's your caretaker like how could how could you be alone you know and I'm like, mm. I am an adult like. <laughs> but in Istanbul I learned that you can really connect with human beings without having a common language and there's multiple instances of that and they're kind of hilarious and awesome to watch hmm. um yeah like times in which I just learned that like if you just say a name of a place like there's a scene in which I'm like bashuk-tash, bashuk-tash. and then this guy starts talking to me in Turkish and I'm like and I like I'm like oh I don't know what you're saying and he like flags down a bus for me like kind of indicates that I should get on the bus. And I'm like, Bashik-dash? and the <laughs> bus driver Bashik-dash. and then like, I literally end up going to Bashik-dash. Like, I'm like, oh, this is amazing. Wow. Like,
1: it's
3: so good, it's so good. So yeah, the power of human connection. And then in Singapore, it was just like really uh, a lot of fun, just a lot of exploring. And then Tokyo, oh my God, Tokyo. The coolest, most accessible city I have been to on earth. Like, it is a phenomenal, phenomenal experience.
1: Okay, I've heard that. I feel like
3: part of the trick here, too, is I didn't do any prep work. Like, I was like, what happened to me if you dropped me in the middle of the city? So Mm -hmm. I didn't even know all the possible accessibilities of Tokyo, and there's probably things I missed. But it was really cool that I was just discovering things on the go from different musical tropes on different train r- lines to if i'm in the like cane guides everywhere which are like ridges on the ground that you can yeah follow with your cane, yeah they're amazing the sound of tweeting birds to indicate an exit the sound of running water to indicate a bathroom i mean i mean i'm telling you there was like soundscapes everywhere and it, it, it was just so beautifully engineered
1: wow that's cool that's yeah, I, I i want to go there that's cool
3: I, I didn't feel like i needed eyesight at all and that's a city with like 30 different train lines and like, you know, it's a huge city. And I felt so comfortable in it.
2: I was just wondering sort of about like, if you have to book train tickets or um, accommodations or anything like that, sort of um, just trying to figure those things out um, if it's not super accessible or if, or if the people you're trying to book them with don't speak the language.
3: Yeah, so honestly, I didn't really run into that problem. Um, usually I was able to get help in English. Um, I think there's a, a really funny scene in Istanbul though, where I'm like having trouble with the ticket for the underground and like the machine wasn't working. And then I get somebody to help me. And then at the end of the day, it actually turns out that we get to ride for free as blind people. <laughs> <laughs> That's so great. I mean, like I just in, in Tokyo, I got help. Um, the lady spoke in English to me. And then all the other countries spoke English. So I've, I feel like, um, as an English speaker, I, I was not faced with that challenge as much.
1: Hmm. Oh, that's so cool. Did people respond differently to blindness in the different parts of the, I mean, you've mentioned yes. London, but I imagine there'd be some differences in other places as well.
3: Um, I felt like in Johannesburg, they didn't really understand a lot of times what the cane really meant. Mm-hmm. I was kind of left alone. Um, in Istanbul, there's like a, like a bit of reverence, like, Oh, you're blind. I'm going to try to help you. And like, if, if you want it, and then if I say no, no, they leave me alone. Hmm. Um, and in Tokyo, you just become one in the crowd. Apparently there were more, according to Natalie, there were more blind people walking around Tokyo that she observed than all the other countries combined. And that's what happens when you have such an accessible city.
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, when I was, I actually lived in England for six months, I worked at a school for the blind and would travel into London or different parts of the UK on weekends, but I had a situation in a train station bathroom where you had to pay to get in to use the washroom and I didn't read Like I got all turned around and ended up coming out before I found the stall. And <laughs> like, did you have any scenarios like that where you're like, I don't know. And and I find also just washrooms in different parts of the world, oh, yeah. you know, finding like the flusher. System. Yeah.
3: <laughs> it's like a different system. Um, but I think when you expose to not, like, I don't know if you travel enough, you start to figure out like, like it could if it's not this it's not that you know what I mean like yeah just going through different deductions um okay I'm trying to think nothing uh the the bathroom in Tokyo in in the Tokyo airport was like was an experience even (laughs) like it even plays music like like a sound like musical tone so that you don't actually like hear yourself oh really (laughs) yeah it's like it's like another level of like decorum that was like so new to me and I was like so amazed by it that the lady was like what you don't have this in America and I was like no we don't
1: (laughs) (laughs) so how often like there must have been times when the camera was turned off and you could just enjoy like a place you did you have any downtime and just like having fun with your friend and experiencing the culture
3: um we were on a very tight turnaround we got two weeks for you know four countries in two weeks
1: yeah that's um, crazy
3: we worked really hard i think that's something we yeah. change a little bit this time around
1: yeah so of all the cities which one do you want to go back to and spend more time
3: honestly i'd go back to all of them so i don't know
1: <laughs> that's cool
3: i really like tokyo i actually like even though The culture of London like towards disabilities is not my favorite. I I really love London. I'm actually going to get to go again. Istanbul, I really liked a lot. I really, really loved Istanbul, too. Yeah, that's not helpful. Pretty much everything. (laughs) (laughs) Tell me about your time. How was it for you living in London for six months? Did you you experience that custodial mentality?
1: I mean, I was at a school for the blind most of the time and then sort of like swept up in that, you know, going down to the pub with people who worked at the school. But uh-huh. when I would travel on the weekends and I was traveling in a group because there were other people from there was a couple of students from Germany that were working at the school at the same time and a couple of us from Canada. And so, you know, several like a group of young people and and not everyone was blind. So I feel like uh-huh. it wasn't as much of an issue. But when I've, I've gone back a couple of times since And when I've been there traveling on my own, yeah, I definitely experienced that. It's different. Definitely different than Canada. Um, There's just this expectation that you will want help and need help.
3: Not just that, like that, like you need a caretaker. Yeah. It's like enforced. It's like their fears are being imposed upon you.
1: Yeah. I, I do have friends in the UK who are really independent and, and I feel like somehow they have gotten around this, or <laughs>
3: you know, like, it's like more. It's actually even more exhausting than than not having to deal with it. You know what I mean? Like just the underlying culture.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: And I was I was surprised, like when I was in London, I actually went and saw another Holman Prize winner. His name is Red Cell, um, and I was like, hey, like is this just me, or is it like? You know what I mean? Like, is this just in my head? And he was like, no. When I went to San Francisco, he was like, I was shocked. Like, people left me alone until I asked for help. He's like, here in London, you could be dragged across the street without even you wanting to cross the street (laughs) because they'll assume
1: that you wanted help doing that. Yeah. Well, in Vancouver, British Columbia... Um, I definitely get grabbed pretty regularly. We have a sky train, which you should come and check out if that's not already on your Ooh. plan. It should be. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, it's sort of just this, you know, the doors open and I tend to wait to see if anybody's going to come off the train before I board. I also need to make sure it's the right train. Cause it, it will usually announce that where it's going and, uh, and I'll be, pull pushed forward or kind of pulled onto the train. And I have to say, wait a second. Like, I don't know that this is my train yet. And that does happen here as well. So yeah, loved, love to hear your thoughts on Vancouver. You'll have to, you'll have to come and check it out.
3: Acacia, did you watch any of my videos?
2: Yeah, I watched, um, I watched both parts of Istanbul and then the first part of Johannesburg and the first part of Tokyo. What did you think? Tell me your thoughts. They were they were so interesting. It was so cool to see, you know, all the different parts, like the airports and then also once you're in the city. And I was surprised just how, like, you know, in, in all the different places, like, how willing all the people were to help and, you know, how kind everyone was. I thought that was
1: really cool.
3: I would argue, yeah, the majority of people are kind in the world. It's a good way to approach the world. <laughs> Not everybody is great, but the majority is great. <laughs>
1: Did you find that you got better at, like I I think the one I think I watched the beginning of Johannesburg too. Is that where you got lost in the airport and went the wrong way first? The like somebody working there told you to go the wrong way. Yes. 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 Okay. That's and then I, I ended saw. up
3: going down this like crazy long hallway and then, yes, <laughs> and then I ended up asking a lady there and I was like, where where are you going? Like where. Are and, and then she was like I don't know and I was like what like, I was like, she doesn't know either like
1: okay <laughs> so yeah funny. but that whole like which way and people point or they say it's over there mm-hmm. like and having to clarify do you mean this way it, yeah like was that frustrating or did it just become second nature after a while
3: yeah you know what you get to choose to be either frustrated or just like roll with it and be amused. I think these are the two options. And mm-hmm. I chose to be amused because sometimes I'm like, Oh, really? Okay. I'm like <laughs> telling you I'm blind. <laughs> like, which way?
1: That's awesome. So would you have, what advice would you have for maybe uh, a visually impaired traveler who's kind of inexperienced wants to see the world, but you know, doesn't have a lot, I don't know, a lot of experience yet. What would you say to them?
3: I would say go for it. Go for it and take it one step at a time. Because really think about it. Just take a minute and think about it. Wherever you end up, you got there by taking it one tiny decision at a time. Whether you're standing there and you're going, do I go left, right, or straight? You know, (laughs)
0: like Mm -hmm.
3: choosing a direction or, you know, you're feeling with your cane. It really is give yourself time don't put pressure and it's okay to get lost it this was something that i had to truly unlock with for myself that it's okay to get lost like when i was in atlanta airport i was like it's okay if i miss my flight like that's part of the adventure did you miss any flights i uh, no, i didn't nice. like it's kind of amazing actually when we let go we actually end up doing just fine
1: yeah yeah. I've, I've, I've come off a plane independently before. Cause I hate waiting until everyone else. Too, leaves, I right. I just don't have the patience for that. So I'm like you wait.
3: They're <laughs> 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 like, okay, ma'am, you must wait till the end. I was like, no, you wait after like, after a 14 hour Ex- flight, like, I'm yeah. ready to get
1: off. <laughs> exactly. And I've, I've like, I just follow the people cause they're all going to the same place. Exactly. And then it's really, when you get to the luggage area, I, I would just touch each bag as it came al- around the carousel.
3: Oh my god, I do the same. Yeah,
1: and then eventually, not it doesn't take very long for somebody, to, someone to say, "Oh, do you want some help? What color is your bag?" Hopefully, you know. Exactly. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's very empowering.
3: It is very empowering. I remember because um, I used to always get the help in London, and it would take like forty-five minutes to an hour to get from the plane out to the luggage mm-hmm. area. Like when you get the assistance. I remember, like last time, you are like, "No, I'm just gonna follow the crowds," and we, I was out in like 20 minutes, and I was like, "What the heck? It's this close!" Like I was like <laughs> so shocked. And it turns out it's because it takes 45 minutes because they take you from person to person to person, like you don't, know? yeah, like you go to the these like stations. I don't know it was, it was really, it was a really interesting realization of how close and easy it was for everybody else.
1: Hmm. Yeah do you get lost in any of your episodes no i don't get really lost
0: i am i mean
3: in johannesburg i was shocked to find i was on the last train into the city that would have been like Yikes. something <laughs> yeah i was like what and i remember like learning this so there's a really funny i don't know if you saw it acacia but like there's a really funny scene where i'm like running they're like last train to whatever," and. I was like, "Oh no." And it's like I'm running and like we make it onto the train just in time. Oh, last train. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah.
1: A <laughs> so little like, suspense.
3: That was an issue.
1: <laughs> oh, that's um, good.
3: Johannesburg was a lot of adventure. Um I don't I would argue one it's really hard to truly get really really lost if there's a bunch of people around you that you can ask questions yeah. of.
1: Yeah. What about, um, like accessible transit are, are all cities created equally? (laughs) Tokyo
3: is the best. Yeah. So one of the cities we're going to for season two claims to also be fully accessible in their public transit. So we're going to get to test that out.
1: Okay. Okay. And you can't yeah. tell us any hints about where you're going next. Hey, that was my last question was sort of what's next for you. Well, when, well maybe mean, you can I, tell us when season two comes out.
3: It will, it will come out in 2023. Cause we have to film. We're going to film in the summer now and in the winter. Okay. And then we have to hit a continent that we have not hit yet. So we're going okay. somewhere in. I'll give you this much. We're going somewhere in Latin America.
2: I was wondering, um, for someone out of the five cities that you've been to, um, for someone who's just started starting out traveling independently, do you have any recommendations for, like, where would be a good place to start?
3: Ooh, I mean, I would say Tokyo is the most successful, but then it might spoil you for every other city on Earth. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, like, after Tokyo, I came back, and it was so hard to readjust to Boston. I was like, what is this? We're so behind, <laughs> I don't know. That's a really good question. I don't know. I mean, like, how do I get back to you after I travel some more? And I'll let you know. (laughs) appreciate Thank you.
1: (laughs) Well, I would love to have you back at some point to hear about your work as a scientist and a professor and all of that, because that sounds also fascinating. You don't, you don't sound old enough to be so accomplished, but, um, (laughs) Uh -uh.
3: I am 34 years old.
1: <laughs> okay. You're pretty young then to be that accomplished. I feel like <laughs> it takes a Why while to you? become a professor. <laughs> <laughs> That's impressive. So you'll have to come back. Well, and we'll we'll have to hear all about season two, but how can people watch um, and learn yes. more about you?
3: Um, there's so many different ways to reach out to me. If you have a quandary or a question, you can definitely send me a message through my website on monamankar.com. That's M-O-N-A m-i-n-k-a-r-a.com there's a contact me page you just send me a message there i'll get it we'll set something up um you can you, you can check out planes trains and canes through youtube by just searching planes trains and canes or go into planes trains and canes.com so Awesome. Yeah. please like and subscribe we're trying to increase our subscriptions
1: yeah awesome well we'll try to help you with that Thank you so much, Dr. Mona Mankara, for joining us. I really <laughs> thank you for having me. So nice to talk with you and hear about your adventures. I'm excited to see what you do next.
3: Thank you so much for having me. And Acacia, thank you so much for your questions. And I look forward to talking to you more in the future. Great. Thank you so much.
1: You've been listening to Limitless, the Blind Beginnings podcast. If you have a question, a comment, a future topic request, please send us an email to limitless at blindbeginnings.ca. Please like, subscribe, leave us a rating and join us next time.
0: This podcast has been brought to you by Blind Beginnings, an organization based in Vancouver, Canada, that supports children and youth who are blind or partially sighted along with their families.